in the pandemic had this idea to write this book uh, because I realized that moms were struggling, some of them, right? And some of them very much, and some of them seemed to not be struggling as much. And I thought, what are these moms doing differently? What We all are in the same chaos right now. We're all living the same wild world. And yeah. so what are these moms doing differently? And so I asked questions and I did some surveys and I ended up surveying and interviewing almost 200 moms and pulled together 16 secrets, which ended up being 16 chapters of the book Ooh. called Secrets of Supermom. All right. Hey, parents, welcome back to Parenting on Purpose, your podcast for parenting out of the box. We have a productivity coach with us this week and author of Secrets of a Supermom, Miss Lori. How are you doing today? So good. Thank you for having me. Yes, excited to have you. Love your colors. So summery. Uh, I'm channeling my inner winter here in Florida. It's like 800 degrees. So. It's 800 in Phoenix as well. But I was like, oh, we're going to put some fall colors. I got some fall nail color on today. I'm like ready to ready for fall. I did pour some pumpkin, some like uh, healthy sugar alternative pumpkin sweetener thing into my coffee this morning. I'm like, ah, this is close as I'm getting to fall. (laughs) Make the vibe because it's still going to be 90 degrees in October. Exactly. And and you know it well. Yes, uh-huh. we, we, we know the same truth. Uh, fake it till you make it, as they say. Um, I'm so excited to have you on. Um, I enjoyed it. I took your quiz on your site and just so cool to like transfer and translate people's uh, what they're interested in and also what they struggle with into a superpower. I'm so excited to share you with our audience. So um, please start off. Give us one thing. And I did not prep you for this, but you can handle it because you're a boss. Um, please give us one thing that you do, Lori, to show up on purpose in your life. Ooh, um, well, I would have to say weekly planning. I am a weekly planner. I sit down every Sunday morning and I plan out my week and that lets me be incredibly on purpose. I get to decide what I want for my week, what I want to do, what's important for my health, my like self, my family, all the things. And by doing that, I get to be on purpose every day. That's awesome. This is a good answer for a productivity coach for sure. That's so cool. So, um, yeah, maybe just get us up to speed on uh, how you came to do this work. What was kind of the driving force? What maybe a little bit of what you learned in the process? I'm excited. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Lori Oberbreckling. I am, like you said, productivity coach and author of the book Secrets of Supermom. Um, And so I am a mom of four. I am a corporate leader. I have been in corporate since you know, soon after graduating from college, I have worked um, the company that I work with for a very long time. And I, in the pandemic, had this idea to write this book uh, because I realized that moms were struggling, some of them, right? And some of them very much. And some of them seemed to not be struggling as much. And I thought, what are these moms doing differently? What We all are in the same chaos right now. We're all living the same wild world. And yeah. so- what are these moms doing differently? And so I asked questions and I did some surveys and I ended up surveying and interviewing almost 200 moms and pulled together 16 secrets, which ended up being 16 chapters of the book Ooh. called Secrets of Supermom. So pulled together those and, and found that there are women doing the same thing over and over again. There are women that are doing certain things consistently and that is what is allowing them to really feel like they can thrive instead of either drown or just survive. And so I launched the book into the world in 2021 and that has turned into a podcast and um, a society and programs for moms who really want all the things in their life. 
Oh, I love that. You know what's so cool is for me, like we do something similar here as like uh, interviewing experts in different fields. And it's like so motivating how sometimes it comes from a place of like, what do they call it? You're motivated by the nightmare so much as a dream. Like it's like something in your life that's just not sitting well with you. Like, hey, I know there's a better way to do this. Um, but I, you know, how do I get there? I'm reading the new Alex Hermosi book, $100 million leads or 100 yeah. million leads. And he talks about like, he was at a place in his life where him and Layla were like just coming up and uh, he kept seeing things happen like uh, Kylie Jenner just made this much money or um, The Rock Johnson was making this much money. He kept saying to himself like, oh, that's because it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson or oh, that's because her mom was famous and he kept writing it off. And then by the fifth or sixth example, he was like, cut it. He's like, the, the thing is to cut the ego and take the lesson. They're better at this in some way than you somehow. And so lean into that. So I love that you did that. And um, I can't wait to hear, hopefully you can share one or two of what those tips are, but that's really cool work. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. And I was able to find, I think I love to share the, a couple of things that like were the hardest for me. Right. So one of the, the first four chapters are kind of the key secrets. And one of those is the secret of help. And I was terrible at asking for help for a very long time. I still struggle to be honest. However, it is, it was one of the things that really differentiated the moms that were doing really well and felt like, okay, we've got this. And the moms that were just drowning because they weren't asking for help. They weren't counting on the people that they worked with, the, the family team that they have, their spouse, their partner, right? They weren't counting on anybody. They were just counting on themselves and, yeah. and living alone and being, and feeling really lonely. And it was just really, really hard. And you know, I, I can resonate with that. And when I have practice asking for help, when I practice bringing other people into my life and counting on them, my life is better and I know it. And so I have to keep practicing because I know that it makes life better. It's interesting too. It's like, you kind of feel like you're on an Island and if you ask for help, like maybe it comes across as like weak or just like, I don't have it all together. I can't do this. Um, and you might think like, I don't want to put anything on my family. They have enough going on or I don't want to ask anymore. My husband, he's doing so much and he's working. But like at the end of the day, like, are you really showing up in your marriage the way that you want to, because you're not asking for help. And you know, what I've learned through going through a similar struggle is like, they always want to help. And they're, the, the constant theme is like, I just don't want to do it wrong or do it in a way that doesn't please you. Um, and obviously we're all about parenting here and it's very similar with kids. They often are trying to appease us and, and help us. They just don't understand what we want in their vernacular. We have a different life phase. We're at a different place. So by asking and like extending a bridge, you can learn about the other person and help them because you know, you're all a unit. You're here together. To and it's so much nicer. Life. Yeah. It's so much nicer when you can do that together, right? When you can live that life together, when you can count, you know, tackle a chore together when you can. And then it really does teach our kids to be more independent, more responsible. It teaches them skills for later, right? For when they do launch away from you and they get to right. know those things. And yeah. we forget that, right? Sometimes as moms, we're just really caught up in our to-do list and all the things that we have to do. And we're just not thinking about those other things and how it may be a little harder to ask for help right now, or maybe get the help that we really need, but it's so much more worth it in the end. And then oh, yeah. when it frees you up for that extra, you know, you, we were talking before, I have a lot of things going on in my life that I love no. and I don't want to have to let go of any of those things. But if I don't, and if I don't ebb and flow with it, I could never do it all. And so I, I have to count on the other people in my life. Right. Yes, it, I like what you said too. Like, I think your work is very empowering because when you think back to like 
Lori before, when you were in that place of like kind of struggling or just realizing like, I want more out of my life. I want this to look different. Um, like I have a business coach who helps me with writing and it's like, it's so funny. She is a writing coach. I had actually um, interviewed her on the podcast and I hired her immediately. She was amazing. <laughs> like immediately. The, like sidebar, but the coolest part of this to me is I get DMs constantly of people who listen and now they're reaching out to our coaches and taking their lessons or working with their teams and both male and, male and female. It's such, it's so rewarding. Um, so what she helps me with the most, even though she's a content coach, is like my mindset. Like, it's like, well, Caitlin, explain to me, oh, and she has a matching cup, what's up? And she's like, explain to me why you don't think you can have both. And I'm like, huh, I didn't realize I had a limiting belief around that, but evidently I do. And I think where you started when you wrote this is where many moms find ourselves and that maybe not in necessarily time management, it could be in business or vocation or starting that side hustle or whatever that thing is. But like noticing that there's other people who are doing well here and then leveraging their experience to get better, um, which is why I'm such a proponent of coaches. It's like half our podcast guests are coaches because if you could learn from somebody else, why go through it? Why go through it on your own? Yes, yes. And and sometimes we just don't see what we don't see, right? It's really hard to, you know, they, they use the term, see the label from inside the bottle. It's really, really hard to see the label from inside the bottle. It's really hard to see some of the things that might be getting in your way if you are not stepping out of that. And right. that's what coaches do, right? They help you step out of that and say, okay, what is getting in my way? Or just being accountable towards the process of, you know, of stepping into the person that you want to be. Because sometimes those steps are kind of scary and we go, oh, I'll do that next week or oh, I'll do that next month. And the coach says, no, 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 you have this. Let's do it together. Come on. Yeah, we're ready. Yeah, you can do it. Like I got you. I'm your spotter. So yeah. I'd love to hear like, what are some of the commonalities you see and maybe saw in yourself and see in others where they are in that, like uh, the visual I get in my mind is like treading water. Like they're going through the motions of life and they might be like in the middle of birthing that idea or that thing and it takes a lot of time and effort and they just maybe don't have those processes in place yet um i'd love for maybe you to pinpoint some i I've, i venture i guess that most people listening probably are already understanding if they fall into this camp but like what have you noticed and then how do have you seen that change by employing or deploying uh, some of these tools yeah i think probably boundaries and lack thereof is probably a big one, right? So we are treading water and we can barely, we feel like we can barely get our head above. And then someone asks us to do something and we say, sure, I can figure out how to do that. Right. And so like, it's as if we're taking our own, we're like taking bricks from someone else as we're already drowning. And so really being able to set that, let those sets of boundaries and learning how to do that because for so many of us that want to serve and please and help right those are not bad things serving pleasing helping those are not bad things those are not bad qualities but when they get to the point where we're drowning ourselves that's when the boundaries have to be set and so many of us get really far in probably real far into overwhelm and burnout before we realize that yikes i have to set these and then we set them in ways we don't want to. We set them in explosions, right? In a, how dare you ask me to do that? When, you know, our spouse, our partner, our team member is like, oh, wow, okay, hold on. Uh, you know, I wasn't trying to overwhelm you. And then we end up in a spot we don't want to be, right? We end up in these communication mm -hmm. spots we don't want to be. So being able to start to identify those warning signs before you're barely coming up for water, right? Starting to see when, oh, I'm lower in the water than I want to be versus I can barely get my mouth out to breathe. 
and being able to see that in ourselves and see when we start to get there, right? And then being able to say, what are the boundaries that I have started to let slide? What have exactly. I let push? And if I'm already there, where do I need boundaries? What, what have I been dreading? What have I been, you know, what just exhausts me? I talk a lot about energy and kind of energy bleeds, energy blocks and energy boosts and cool. how we can so often fill our lives with those energy bleeds and or back to back energy bleeds. And then we end up exhausted at the end of the day, maybe yeah. not even as productive as we wanted to be, but so sure. tired because we're just not managing our energy. Yeah. I, I love what you just said because it reminds me of why I open with the question I always open with. One, I get a variety of answers, which is like, to me, the reason we do this is because we want to be mindful parents on our journey of awesomeness on this ball flying through the atmosphere in space. Um, also, uh, like we want tips on how to get better and le leveraging people who have gone through it is helpful. So you, what you're like, what I'm gleaning from what you're saying is you have to be able to be at a place where you can at least recognize when you are not at your best and oftentimes that doesn't that doesn't it's not natural or maybe it was natural but we've unconditioned it in ourselves by just being always uh, reactive so whether that's like um for you planning or the morning coffee or the morning walk on the earth or outside or whatever that is petting the dog reading the paper drinking coffee working out meditating journaling there's usually some type of commonality people have to help them get to homeostasis so that when they are starting to feel the hot water rising, they know what it feels like to not feel like that. And they can pinpoint, okay, okay, hold on. Let's like take the reins back a little bit. We got to figure this out. Um, and I think a commonality of the people who are in struggle mode, because I've been there, is you just don't, you don't know. You have, when, when's the last time you've sat down to actually journal what you want out of this life? And it, it just takes a little bit of, you know, that self forethought. But once you do it, it feels good. And then you keep doing it and then you can easily course correct, right? Yes. And find the, you can identify those things that you start to, to drop, right? So like if it's workouts for you, right? If you work out and then all of a sudden when you're overwhelmed, you're stressed out, you're burnt out, you're taking on those extra bricks, you realize you've skipped the last three workouts that you had scheduled, right? Then you notice, oh, hey, something's going on with me. And you can notice it a lot faster when you have some of those really like caring routines in place, right? So things like yeah. what like you're talking about, whether that's a morning routine or a walk or whatever it is, you start right. to skip it. I notice for me, I have a morning routine. I love it. I do it every day, weekends too. And I notice that when I start to get overwhelmed and stressed, I'll skip pieces of it or I'll go straight into email because I feel like I have to get started earlier. And that's the first thing to go, oh, that's how you used to perform. You used to wake up and go straight into email and be stressed out and overwhelmed and on fire all day long. This is not the way that, this is not the, the new you, right? This is not the way you do it anymore. And now I can notice it so much faster and say, okay, what's off? Where do I need to, like you said, course correct? What's, what's happened? Where can I make a change? And get back on the path I wanna be on faster than waiting until I am, you know, like hair on fire, yelling at children, so stressed, so anxious. You know what's cool about this? 
like you are speaking it into yourself. It's, um, and I think sometimes we don't see that in other people. It's just easy to be like, oh, they, the Alex Ramosi thing. Oh, they succeeded because of this. Naturally, he's the rock. I mean, look, you know, whatever that is. But it's like, no, Lori has to tell herself. She has to tell herself, Lori, this is not how you do it now. This is not the new you. And it's like, this is the you that you actively have created. And now you have to self-parent, self-govern your own thoughts. You have to manage your own mind that is then driving your your actions and your feelings and everything. We talk about that so much on this podcast because I think if you honestly look at it and dial it back, as a parent, we more have to self-parent than we have to parent. Yeah. Or at least we probably should <laughs> put yeah. it that way. Yeah. I was just asked um, by another mom, like, what's different for you, right? Like what? And I said, well, actually from the outside, if someone's looking at me, probably nothing. They probably can't tell anything is different. I got a lot done and I still get a lot done. I had a lot going on and I still have a lot going on. Guess what? It feels totally different. It feels different. It's different for me. And that's the whole point. Like that's the whole being a super mom in my mind is not being a super mom from everyone else's eyes. I don't care what they think. I want you to feel like a super mom on the inside. I want you to feel like you are doing all the things you want career wise or homeschool wise or like parenting wise, self care wise, relationship wise, right? I want you to feel like you've got all of that going well and that you know how to course correct if it isn't going well and that's what that feeling of a super mom like yes I'm totally killing this life right this is amazing I you you just it's just different and and I think for me the even if it looks the same on the outside it's wildly different on the inside and that goes back to the energy like you just show up differently you're in joy and peace and it may be a mess and there may be toys and Tonka trucks and things everywhere and you may have to be like half your day is like running the kids to all the different activities on the whiteboard but inside the duck on the pond you're calm you're happy like you you're enjoying this process and that's why I started this podcast I found as someone who does also work and starting a business with my my 15 year old like I never want to not enjoy being a parent I talk to so many entrepreneurs a seven eight nine figure entrepreneurs who um or business owners that their family life suffers because they're working so hard to get the means to an end that it's right in front of them every day. And it's just like, to me, that's the nightmare is not enjoying and embracing the beautiful gift that we have at our disposal every day um, in, in pursuit of something that we think would make us happy. Right. So um, I love that. That's, that's awesome. I did want to ask you about being a mom because you have four kids. You are a, a published author, you're a coach, you have stuff going on. You have a, a corporate executive job. Um, what are some things that you've had to self-govern or regulate in yourself to make sure that you're giving an appropriate amount of time to your family? Or what have you learned um, through this process for yourself? Yeah. I think uh, one of the things is we get the message that more time is better, right? We always get this message that you have to like have one-on-one time with every child every day and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And it more isn't better. It just isn't. Quality is better, right? We absolutely want to have solid time, present time, not like you sitting and asking your kid about homework for five minutes and thinking about work the whole time, right? That's not quality time. But if you're connecting, even if it's very, very short amount of time, that's what makes all the difference. That's what keeps that connection day after day, year after year, right? As your kids grow and start to be more independent from you, all of those things, it, it really is about that quality of time. So I've had to let go of the fact that 
because you work or because you want to start a business or because you wake up early to write or because right any of those things i've had to let go of that and that has been freeing because i know that i have a great connection with my kids even if i don't spend every minute of my day with them that's so good you you remind me of a book i read um everything is figure outable yeah. um remember mm -hmm. yes exactly yeah. And I think there was something in that book about like, write down your biggest fears about why you would go after this thing. And in this case, I guess the thing is like giving yourself a little time back, right? To feel good about that. And I guess the, the fear there, or I can see the argument from a parent is like, well, my kids need me. But if you really follow that rabbit hole all the way down, like, do they? I mean, obviously, yes, they need you to be, but what do they really need? I think they need you to be present and joyful and a good um, steward of your own mind and energy to show them how to live as an adult in peace and harmony and happiness over needing you to be with them every single second of the day. This is a personal struggle for me because my son's three. So it's very much like he's now able to do many of the things, um, but he wants me and I, and I want him to want me. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. But then there are times where I, I don't, I don't want him to want me. I want to be able to journal and put my incense on and listen to my music and get in my zone. So it's like, one of those funny moments you have to go through to, to recognize, um, you know, and that's why the morning routine has been so challenging for me. Um, I've had to like adopt it as like a midday to a night routine is because there are some mornings where I have that ability. And then some, um, it just, I could do it, but I, cho I choose to be with him instead. And for a while I was kicking myself for that. And then I realized like, how about we look at this as like a true North thing and your body is just letting you know that just because this works for 19 other people doesn't mean that it's your true North. Maybe right now it's just as long as you're doing that journaling and that meditating and you're feeling so good. Who cares if it's at 4 PM, whatever it is. Um, so that's been a cool thing for me is like kind of what you just said, letting it go and letting the, the structure around how it's supposed to be and just listening to yourself, like know thyself kind of thing has, has been so huge. But um, I appreciate that because I think most moms can definitely take, and just dads too, just the productivity thing, especially dads. Like, let's talk about dads for one second. We are in such a great place of life where dads are so present. Like, I'm so in love with my husband and how he shows up for our family. Um, I had another podcast guest on. We were talking about being present about your spouse and their, uh, their desires for their own calendars, right? It's like, we're talking about ours as moms and how we can manage it, but we have a, we have a partner and an equal who's looking to do the same thing for their life. So, I mean, I don't know if you have any tips on that. Like, how do you make sure that you and your husband and everybody in your family who's old enough to have their own agenda and schedule gets to make sure that's all in service as a unit, as a family of six, seems like a lot. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what, like really very tangibly what we do. And that is, so they're all in activities, right? So I have 13, 12, 10, and seven. So all of them are old enough to make their own bowl of cereal. All of them are old enough to walk to school on their own. They're also still reliant on us for many things. And they're all st still reliant on us for getting here to there, right? Because they're all like, no one's a no one's a driving teenager off on their own. Um, so I, I have mixed feelings about when that time comes, but that, um, so, so we do yeah, have to enjoy it because it comes quick. <laughs> it's coming quick. I know it's like in a blink. 
So we have a shared calendar. Uh, we have, it's a digital calendar that displays, my husband is very techy and, um, and adorably so, and made us a very cool thing that's in our kitchen that is our shared calendar. And everyone's activities are on it, all the family activities and all the individual activities. Yeah. So first we get to see everything that's happening for each of us. And then awesome. on Sundays, once I do my own personal planning, we then sit down and make sure, okay, are there overlaps? Are there things where we need help? I'm able to say, I need help with this or say, hey, I wanted to confirm you've got this appointment. I've got this appointment. We've got these meetings. I've got this presentation, right? We're able to look through all of that and make sure that the family is covered, that we're covered, awesome. that if we need help with the kids to make dinner one night, that we can do that. And it's just, it's able to tackle it like a family team. Does it work always? No. Are there fights about it? Sure. But we have the effort there to try to make things even enough that we can feel like everybody's contributing and like everybody gets to try to reach their goals at the same time. Thank you. That was a great tangible example and not the first time I've heard family calendar, but I love the way your husband uh, orchestrates it. That's yeah, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so good. And it's like, you're all there tackling it. You said as a family team, meaning like there's one common goal here and that's support. One of the things that we're working on in our family that um, we're going to, we're doing future episodes on is like family missions and vision and values. Mm -hmm. Like what is important? Like the, it is, when I've interviewed people who are like eight, nine level, you know, figure entrepreneurs, they all have very dialed in values and mission statements for their family. Um, and I think as like, as hilarious as it is, I could like quiz anybody in our company, uh, probably yours too, and you could rattle off the mission and the values. But it's like, do we do that for our own family? If we were to put that effort into our family, what would that look like? So the cool thing about what you're doing is you're showing your kids that our real value here is teamwork and supporting one another on the pursuit of all of our goals. And the other thing you're showing them, and I love this because you're showing them, you're not telling them as parents, we have the propensity to tell and not do but you are showing them it is possible. You can have both. Not to say it's always easy, but I don't think we, people listening to this podcast, I don't think we're looking for an easy life. I think we're looking for a fulfilling life, yeah. uh, a, a life of joy and adventure and, you know, the hills and, and um, great peaks, those type of things. So that's a cool example. I really appreciate that on many levels. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I think that what teamwork makes the dream work is what I say to my kids all the time, right? Because I want us to know I want them to be able to work together in the future with their future families, future teams, future everything, right? But also right now, I want them to feel like not only like they can work together as a team, but also like they're an important member of that team, right? Because feeling like an important member of the team, of the family team, is what keeps us bound together, is what keeps us communicating well, feeling like they are, like they matter, right? And so I think it's, it's a benefit far and above just being able to get things done together. I love it. So, so now we're cognizant of where we are in our life. We've set some boundaries. We've kind of looked at where we need to set boundaries or maybe where we have. Um, and, and we've looked at the possibility of getting other people to help us. So we have the ability to um, kind of focus in on the things we want. As a productivity coach, what are some of the like steps or things that people do to now get a grasp of this is such a, like a mom question, but a parent question, like what to tackle first? Like, how do you prioritize all the things on the list? Because I venture not by looking at my own calendars, cause I have several, like it, it's not black and white or linear. And it's very much like, like a Venn diagram or a web of like seeing what feels good to do when, but I'd love a professional's like opinion on this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so 
many of us don't know what's important because we have all the things in all the places, right? You've got like your digital calendar and you've got your personal calendar, you've got your planner and you've got your list and you've got your other list and you've got your post-it notes and you've got, right, whoa. So one thing is just pulling it all together, getting it all in one place to know actually what I even want to be doing, what I feel like I need to be doing, right? Looking at all of that together. But every week during weekly planning, one thing I do is look at a master to-do list and say, what are the most important things this week? And what do I want to add to the week if I have you know, the capacity to do that? Because so often we just are running every day, right? We walk into our day and go, oh my goodness, what do I need to get done today? What's on fire? And then yep. we never get to work on the things that are really important to us. The things yep. that, you know, maybe that writing a book is in your, in your back pocket and you've wanted to do it forever and you even have a great idea and you never get the time to write, right? Or maybe you wanted to start a blog or maybe you wanted to create homeschool tools for your, for your families in your life, right? Maybe you wanted to, any of these things, you, all these things that you would love to do, but they're bigger than checking something off a to-do list in five minutes. They're bigger yeah. than that. So they have to be planned for. And if I don't yep. be strategic about cutting some things out, I then end up getting lost in all the minutia and I never get to work on the bigger things. So I think that really being intentional is important and, and like organized intention, right? So being able to say, okay, I can leave all these things. I don't have to do any of these things this week. This, I get to dedicate some important time to writing or to podcasting or to doing any of these extra amazing things that would fill me up. You said two things that I really loved. One, and alluded to the second, was um, what's on my to-do list that I feel is important and why do I feel it's important? And I think that's a great internal temperature check for um, are you doing the right things? Uh, I have a, we have a mastermind of uh, business owners that are uh, building brands. And we, we always say, like, it's not about doing everything. It's about doing the right things often enough. But it's so easy to get that FOMO where you think you need to be doing all of it. And it's just not in service. So it's really like an internal check on what do I feel as the owner, as the family you know, unit driver, that this is important this week for our family. So I, I love that component. And then you also mentioned um, knowing what to cut out. I would love to spend another few minutes on that. Like, I, what I understand, and I think it was like the one thing, the book is called The One yeah. Thing, and it's like you have to do one thing at a time or one thing well. And if you just focus on doing that one thing well, it's actually amazing how much more um, opens up or, or falls into place. But in order to do that one thing, you might have to say no to three. Um, and so when you started to like develop this, uh, these skills and these muscles, how did you start to decide what I was going to cut out? And you mentioned the five minute rule, which I've heard before, like if it's going to take more than five minutes, either outsource it, or if it's going to take less, just do it and don't put it on a to-do list. So what are some of the things that you learned as you were kind of going through this to help you with taking things off, um, so that you could then put the right things in those time blocks? Yeah. So I'll, I'll dive into a little more from, so from the one thing. So, um, so that is a book by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, I think, um, the, so their concept is really, what is the one thing that I could do that would make everything else easier or unnecessary? So when you think about that, okay, what's the one thing I could do right now that would make everything else on my list easier or unnecessary, That's right? Scary. So like if I have a whole list of cleaning out every single room in my house, and I also have been thinking about outsourcing that, 
the one thing I could do right now is hire someone to do that for me because that checked all those things off my list, right? I, like, I have another example. We have different rooms in our house that we wanted to paint. And I can paint rooms, right? It takes me a while, but I can certainly paint. And I don't hate painting. However, the one thing on my list to hire a painter is going to check off all of those activities because I don't have to paint all those individual spaces, right? Exactly. So the one thing of, for that example is really hiring that person out. Now, it doesn't always have to be an outsource either. It could be that you, like you said, in business, you're, there may be one thing you could do in business that's going to make everything else easier, right? I might create a podcast because I'm going to use that podcast content for literally all of my social media. And so now I've made everything else easier. I don't have to come up with new ideas, right? So there are so many things that we can do that makes everything else easier. And that rises that activity to the top. It rises it up because it is going to take other things off your list just by fact of doing it. So that is one, I agree. I love that book and I love the concept of that. And so being able to, the other thing is just really being able to look at it all at the same time for me is saying, okay, it's very obvious to me that I would love to clean out my pantry, but that's not necessary this week. It's very obvious to me that I have a major client deadline on Friday and I better get started on that if I haven't, right? So it is, it is a lot easier to see the big picture if you're sitting down with the whole picture. Yeah, for sure. And not compartmentalized. So everything's kind of disjointed. And that kind of goes back to being on purpose. Um, there's, there's like a very internal Loki of control or a uh, self gratifying component of this as well. It's like whether that is like, since we're doing cleaning examples, when you deep clean something or you finish a chapter or you knock something out, you're getting this gratification that like, I can do this. And you're starting to like put the drop in the bucket of like, I got this, I can do this. That inner confidence really rises. So what I love about this, and remember from the book, the, the one thing is like, by figuring it out, it's very gratifying because you're showing yourself you have the capability of uh, thinking at a higher level than when you cause this problem in your life, right? And and I love the deeming it unnecessary. And this is a Marissa thing from our podcast with her, which was a long time ago. And it's amazing. I still remember this, um, <laughs> but I do. And she said like, get honest and be okay with that. Like if it's not a priority right now, it is not a priority. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, but if you are building a business and you're doing this thing and you're trying to do this with your husband and you're doing this and doing the stuff for your kids, but you also want upper abs. Well, Hey, God, the, the upper abs. Oh, for me, it's pull-ups. I really want to learn how to do pull-ups. And I've been saying it for like a year. Like I can do internal ones, but I can't do the outside ones. And it like frustrates me. And then I, I, uh, I have cousins who are like similar ages and I've watched their progress and I'm like, you get like at yourself. And I'm like, you know what, Caitlin, gosh, you have other stuff going on. It is not a priority right now. One day I will do those damn things and I'm going to do them good. But right now we're going to get this business off the ground. We're going to focus on these other things and supporting these other people with what we're doing and not focus on my back muscles. Um, <laughs> just a personal example. And it's so silly, but when you can get honest about it, it kind of frees you up to say, okay, I'll take that off the list. It's not even important. Like it's fine. Yeah. It's not a priority right now. It's not important right now. It's not like I, I'll give you another example. When I am doing a big, um, like when I do a summit, I do a summit in the summer. When I'm doing the summit, I am not cleaning up my house that week. My house kind of looks like a bomb went off at the end of the summit because for me, the house is not a priority. It really is getting the, all of those women like well taken care of throughout, exactly. throughout that entire summit. And so sometimes you have to let go. So this is really what I mean when I say, you know, when I tell people, I want you to feel like you're doing it all without actually doing it all. Like I, it. that is it, right? Like I am not doing it all. I am letting the balls drop that, are, that don't matter right at that point because I know I can pick them up again. If my exactly. house 
house is messy for a weekend or for a week or for a month. It doesn't mean that it has to always be messy. I can go back and I can like course correct and I can get that important. That can be important when it's time for it to be important. I love that. It's so, it's giving you the, um, it's giving you the permission to like stop trying to be perfect all the time in every area of life. Like the, like the Brady family kind of like picturesque, like like the house, like there's monster trucks all over my house and my house is awesome and it's beautiful and it's fun. And sometimes people will come up like, God, your house is so full of love. I'm like, is that your way of saying it's messy? (laughs) But... And, and we clean because my mom like really clean probably. Um, so I like I think I actually venture on trying not to be too clean because I grew up and it was like like white glove clean and I'm like all right enough of that like let the toy be on the floor it's fine. Um, but love you mom. Um, <laughs> but it, it's fun. It gives itself it's permissible. You're allowed to pick what's important, which brings me to the topic of or. The fallacy, maybe, we'll see how you feel about it, of balance. I love talking to productivity people about balance. Um, tell me how you feel about balance. <laughs> yeah. I think you can call it whatever you want, but to me, it's a feeling. It is not a prescription of tasks. It is not you figuring out the most perfect schedule, right? It is not you working for a like, very specified number of hours and spending a very specified number of hours with your family, and now it's perfect because four hours working and four hours with your family one day might feel like magic, and four hours working and four hours with your family another day might feel like, like a complete crisis, right? Chaos the entire day. So it isn't about that. It really is about finding that that feeling that you want to feel spending the thing, the time doing the things that you want to be doing, right? The knowing that you're spending your time on those things that are important to you, that matter to you, that fill you up with energy, that build your energy, right? They're energy boosts, not energy bleeds. And when you're doing that, you will feel balanced. Even if the time doesn't match, even if the time is wildly different every day, that's where you start to get it. And then when you can get into that flow of feeling like, okay, this is feeling great, then you're there, right? That's balance. That's what you want. Flow state. I love it. We go on like these tangents here, like all the way left and all the way right in terms of like woo woo to like incredibly scientific. Um, But this kind of made me think of like the double slit experiment and the fact that like we are active participants in our life. There was a study and I don't remember the exact um, published author, but I read about it and it was like how time can change. Uh, perceived time passing based upon one's mood. So like in a great enthralling conversation, like with you, I feel like we may have been talking 15, 20 minutes. It's been almost an hour. Um, but then you're also in those meetings that it's like, wah, 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 like peanuts. And you're like, oh my God. And it's been like, or like the new meditator, right? Like eat, eat, pray, love, where she's like sitting there trying to meditate for the first time. And it feels like 45 minutes. And then she looks at it and like, like just oh. turned into one minute. She's like, oh my God, how am I going to do this for another 20 minutes? Um, <laughs> but like, it's, it's an internal state. And I think um, balance is very much the same. Uh, I, I used to think balance was more of a tactical thing. And now to me, it's more synonymous with like peace, um, enjoyment of where I'm at and presence. So it was really cool to kind of hear your, uh, your take on that, which was awesome. Um, yeah, what you're talking about time, I, I think it's called Einstein time. And one of, I can't remember what book that came from, but, but Einstein time. So yes, getting, feeling like you're in Einstein time as much as possible, where you could have been doing it for an hour. You could have been doing it for three and it just feels right. That is the, the state you won't be there all the time. You can't be there all the time, but it'd be awesome if you found a way to be there off, like often. Right. So finding those things that make you feel that way. 
Yeah, we were just talking about this with a, another guest who was a um, a tutor, and she helps mm-hmm. kids by putting on a certain type of music that obviously releases certain types of brain uh, waves, but also it gets them like it's like Pavlov. It gets them like conditioned to this is my drop in time, and and after a certain amount of time, they actually do it on their own. Well, they'll start bringing it to their sessions because it makes them remember like it, it's uh, setting a certain expectation or stage, which gets your brain to like get let go of the other things so you can drop in and be present in the moment. Yes. I know a writer who used to chew a specific type of gum because the scent and taste of that gum would say, okay, it's time to write. And so, and then she would write and she would like be ready to write, even if she didn't, wasn't really feeling it that day. I love those mind tricks because uh, people always talk about motivation, right? We talk about motivation a lot in my podcast and in, in my book even, and we can't always count on motivation. So having some of those tricks allow you to not rely on motivation and you just rely on your brain being like, oh, this is our routine. Oh yes, that was the trigger. This is what we do now. And it's so much easier than having to count on feeling motivated every day. I love that. It's funny because most people will tell you, like when you read success books, like it's literally a habit. Like what is the, it's Aristotle, like success is a habit and therefore it's like, it's what you do. It's not, you know, it's, it becomes who you are. And I was just read this in the, in the Alex Ramosi book, but it's like, even at their people's lowest times, like he just rolled out of bed and out of habit, he would go and start doing the most important things and knock them off his list because it just became habit for him. And when you do the write things often enough, you know, you're going to get lucky. Obviously things happen. It's just the laws of nature. Um, but to recognize what those are and what I was cool about what you said about like tricks is like at the core of it, you know, there's not lucky underwear. It's the baseball player who wears the same underwear for the eight, you know, eight, nine series or whatever it is. Nothing's about with the underwear at all. It's what you, the energy you give it. And it's the importance you give it for the certain stick of bubble gum. You may think it puts you in this certain flow state, but it's really, you're giving it that permission. And so the cool thing about that is like, we get to be very, like, I'm looking at my incense. Like I have an incense that I feel so productive and in flow when I have it. And then I ran out the other day and I'm like, okay, like moment, like put the energy into this one has a different smell. What does it remind me of? I had to tie that into like something kind of, um, that I'm like calling into my life, like more time in nature or whatever. And then it was fine again, but just know if it ever is off kilter you do have the power to like override that and then you can make it your new thing and then you can go for (laughs) it yes refocus refocus okay this this you know stopped working or isn't available what do i do now yes don't don't just be like oh well i guess i'm not gonna do any of my work today right like i guess i won't be productive yeah exactly Love it. So there's always a workaround. The you are the ultimate computer brain uh, mechanism driving this whole thing. So just know there's always good time to uh, you know, or be honest with yourself. Like, hey, today's just a day where I I need this, and then go do whatever that thing is, and then you come back ready to go the next day. Um, I'd love for you to wrap uh, by explaining to parents where they can find you, what type of work you do to help support moms, uh, how they can interact with you. I'd love for you to share. Yes, love it. So the best place to find me is at secretsofsupermom.com. Uh, there is, you can find this, the quiz we talked about early on. You can take find the quiz. Book. Yes, go take the quiz. You can find the book, you can find the podcast, you can find all of my social media, and then you can see all the programs that we have available. So you can join our Supermom Society. Uh, we have all sorts of fun things in there. So definitely check that out. And yeah, that's the, really the best place to go to find all the things. Awesome. Very good. Okay. So I have one last question to wrap and, um, I want you to give us 
whatever comes to your heart, but I'd love to tie what you do into being a parent. Um, how has this made you a better parent or something that you've seen impact the lives of the women in your, um, in your community in terms of motherhood and being a parent? Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing is that we can, we are confident and we can figure this out. So one of the key secrets in the book is confidence. Um, because what those of us that feel like, huh, this is hard, but I can figure this out mm-hmm. are different, right? Their mindset is different than those of us that think this is hard and I can't do it. Right. Exactly. And so really feeling that level of confidence that you can figure this out, that this is hard, but you can figure this out has made a giant change in my parenting. And then also helps the moms that are in our group. You know, we do parenting masterclasses every single month. And part of that is being able to say, okay, this isn't working, but I know there's another way. I know I can try something different and I can see if this works with my child because every child's different. And so being able to feel like, yes, I have another tool I can try. There's another way to do this. There, there will be a way that works. I just haven't found it yet. Instead of feeling like you're failing as a mom, man, that's a game changer. Oh, love that you said that. Thank you. That was beautifully in service because every kid is unique. Every situation is unique. Every age and phase is unique and it's, it's by design, right? And, and if it really was all the same, like what learning and development would happen? And I think taking the onus off of yourself, there's no perfect kid. There's no perfect parent. There's no perfect scenario. It's just allowing for them to become who they are. I, I always think about how our kids are looking at us and how they're watching how we adult. And I just, like, I, I always like, say to my friends, like my barometer, of, like, am I successful as a human has nothing to do with my bank account. If I walk into a room with puppies or babies and they don't <laughs> gravitate toward me, I'm failing because it's like the energy you bring to life. If I can't engage with this pure source of like soul energy as exists in the planet, puppies and babies, cats too. I like cats too, but I like dogs better. Um, like to me, like that's how you really know if you're, you're doing well. And if our kids don't want the type of lives we have, like there's nothing wrong here because we are doing the best we can with what we have. But if it doesn't feel in service to you, then it's kind of a, it's like your invitation to to compartmentalize that and look at it a little bit and then start to knock out the things that are making you feel that way because there's a reason for it. And I love that internal compass. That compass is showing me there's the life you say you want, but then there's where you're over here and there's like this chasm in between. Let's start to bridge that gap. Let's start to build a bridge to the middle, um, which is like such a fun way to do it. So that's why I always love having people on like you just to help give our parents some tools and tips and tricks. And parents is always like, drop in, uh, send, send Lori a note. I can tell you just been spending this hour with her beforehand. She's incredible. She's the real deal. She's here to serve. And, and that's what this community is all about. Making your life a little easier, helping that journey just a little more so you can truly be the parent and the spouse that you want to be and feel that you can achieve your goals at the same time because you can do both things. You may have to let go of some pre pre, uh, conditioned beliefs, but Hey, they're not serving you anyway. And they're weighing you down. So we can let those things go. Uh, so Lori, thank you so much for being with us today. This was awesome. Uh, I really loved our chat. You like sister to sister. You have such a great soul. So I appreciate you showing up. So thanks again. So grateful. Uh, same. And I love your pumpkin spice latte <laughs> energy vibes. You picked up the cup and I was like, yes, pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm going to go pour a cup before my next call. Um, and parents, uh, just as always, thank you guys for being here. Uh, we, we do this for you. Um, this one goes out to Rebecca because she asked specifically about productivity. I'm going to start shouting out the parents. We find people and uh, experts like Lori to come and share with us. So Rebecca, thank you so much for sending us a DM. We appreciate it. And until the next perfect time, parents, stay beautiful and stay inspired. Catch you next week.